It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them all? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. This is the State Planning Essentials Program. I am the co-host, Don Crawford, Jr., the owner of KWM Radio, and I'm sitting with my co-host, my attorney, my friend, who should be your attorney, in my subjective opinion, and his name is Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. How are you? Doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing fine, thank you. This is October of 22. Uh, A lot going on. People are gearing up for the end of the year. Sports is everywhere. Um, baseball playoffs, football, um, a lot happening. Well, you know, it always happens this time of year, but there's just a lot of good things, and yeah. um, we all be thankful for what we all the good exactly. things are happening. Well said. We are thankful. Uh, we're also thankful for this free education you're going to give us again today, like you have for almost 10 years now on KWM Radio. And you want to explain to the audience what the mistakes people make regarding common executors yeah so a lot of times um an executor first of all i guess we ought to explain what an executor is yes as opposed to one of my clients that called it an executor <laughs> executor oh no you don't want to call it that <laughs> executor said, yeah yeah so <laughs> executor is the person who generally and you have a will who's responsible for gathering up the resources and paying the debts mm-hmm. of the estate so, I, I call a friend of mine who I'm going to see tonight, as a matter of fact, for dinner, my PR. Same thing? Uh, uh-huh. Personal yeah, representative? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh-huh. Although a personal representative sometimes is a could be a trustee, it could be an administrator, a little bit different things, but it's the same idea. Okay. And so a lot of times you'll see in wills, I point so-and-so as my personal representative, and it's really the same thing. Okay. Um, but they do have responsibilities and so they there are some mistakes that are uh, often made so i thought well since a lot of people have wills or most people have wills a lot of people have trust too but uh, the common mistakes that an executor may make uh, and maybe how to avoid some of those as well mm-hmm. the first thing is well you just don't you wait so long you know let's say the longer you wait the longer it takes to get everything done mm-hmm. so uh, obviously, you would probably want to get things done as quickly as possible. In fact, you would want to get, usually you want to get the estate taken care of as soon as possible, too, because, uh, you know, when you have an estate, uh, open up an estate, the income tax on an estate is at a higher rate than it is for an individual. Hmm. So anyway, so an estate get it done as quickly as possible to get things done. Of course, sometimes you can't do things quickly. A lot of times there's either lawsuits or there's property that has to be sold or there's businesses and things like that. And so sometimes it's just not, it's easier said than done. All right, so the second thing would be paying out, though, on the other hand, too early. Let's say um, 
had a parent uh, who passed, and one of the children said, hey, I really need the, the funds. I really need some money. So just give me an advance, um, and, uh, and don't worry about it. And, well, the executor has liability if they haven't paid off all the debts. Mm. So you better be careful. What happens if, you get, if the estate gets sued later on uh, for some reason? Uh, and you've already paid all the money out. Well, that person, oh, give me back the money. No, they've spent the money. Yeah, you're on the hook. You're on the hook, mm-hmm. and you have personal liability. So mistake number two would be, well, paying out too early. So right. I said don't delay, but right. on the other hand, that doesn't mean you have to pay it out before everything is done. So if I'm a client, what would you tell me in terms of how long I should wait if I'm the well, executor? Well, I mean, I'd see if how, how you know, I'd kind of see if how the bills would go and how long a period of time. Mm-hmm. If we thought that, you know, sometimes somebody has a, a last illness, it may take a while before you find out about all the final bills. And there's a lot of times there's different uh, creditor claims uh, mm-hmm. that they're supposed to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, it depends also upon if the executor has given uh, adequate notice to the creditors. Uh, you got under Texas law, you're supposed to put a, uh, at, at the very least, you're supposed to put a notice in a paper of general circulation. What kind of paper? And what is a paper? Yeah, yeah. Well, we, uh, okay, with all due respect <laughs> to the paper, I'm going to give some free publicity. Mm-hmm. We, re, we give it to, let's say, a thing called like a commercial record type mm-hmm. place. Okay. Uh, and I, I'm sure that you read that very – if you have trouble sleeping, buy the commercial record. Got you. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's not That so, bad, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, okay, it has all these different notices. So okay. if you like looking at notices or sure. maybe you want to buy some property, I, I, I joke right. about it. But, right. uh, but really a lot of times people do look at that. They mm-hmm. think, they, oh, I could see a – Sheriff sale, and maybe I could buy something cheaper right. or something like that. Do I read that after the obituary column or before? <laughs> <laughs> well, this uh, this may uh, you may fall asleep and uh, yes. may uh, the, I don't know if it's going to cause an obituary. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, it'll make you tired and sleepy. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, so you make uh, a public notice. You have okay. to make a public notice of okay. the paper of, new, of general circulation, mm-hmm. and then actually you get. That after they've done the notice, they file something with the clerk mm-hmm. showing that it's been that part of the probate process has okay. been done. Of course, this is only when you have wills that you're probating. If you have a trust or if you have beneficiary designations and you don't uh, have to go through probate, then this would not be something that would be needed. Uh, so it's only when you have a will. Uh, now, if you have a trust, you should give, you know, trustee has responsibilities just like an executor would. They have a duty to take care of bills as well. They're a fiduciary. As long as you're a fiduciary, you have responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So the question is on the will versus a trust, do you want to go by the state's laws or create your own laws mm-hmm. uh, by having a trust? But we're talking about wills today okay. because that's more common. Most people have wills than have trust. Now, I'm not saying you should always have a will or I should always have a trust. Mm-hmm. Which one's better? Well, it depends on what the facts are. And sometimes it's better to have a will and sometimes it's better to do a trust. Okay. So um, it's not a right or wrong answer. Okay. Um, so, you know, could, or it could be even that the property taxes have increased, you know, it could have been anything. Well, anyway, um, the next thing is, for especially for larger estates, now the estate tax limit right now is most people are not affected. 
right now in year 2022, it's 12060000 And the projections are for 2023, it's going to go up to 12920000 because of inflation. Um, the, that and I means guess, everything under $12 million is not taxed. Right, okay. if you died this year. Got it. Now, it's supposed to go down to one half at the whatever the value is at the end of 2025. So let's say it was $15 million because of continued inflation. That means it's $7.5 million. So most people will not have a $7.5 million state. But if you're married, if you're married, let's say you have um, the surviving spouse has $5 million. Okay. All right. Well, that could grow. And so what you could do is if you could use the what's called the unused exemption uh, for that the surviving spouse if they file an estate tax return within nine months. So even though the estate is not a taxable estate, if you anticipate that the surviving spouse's estate may grow to be greater than the limit by the time the surviving spouse dies, you make an election within nine months, file an estate tax return, no estate tax due to use that unused exemption. Okay, good to know. Uh, the next thing is um, not following the terms of the will. Uh, oh, mom said that uh, Susie is going to get um, whatever. She told me she wanted to give it to her. But the will doesn't say that. Mm. you got to follow the terms of the will. Uh, don't do if Otherwise, remember, the executor is a fiduciary, and they have uh, personal liability. Mm. So even though parent or whoever the deceased is may have told you differently, you got to follow the terms of the will. Unless a judge would say these are exceptional circumstances? Well, I guess that you could try, but that you're going to, you know, it's not, uh, it's it's the responsibility of the person who has the, assigning the will, if they wanted to make changes, well, they're, they should make the changes. Right. Now, sometimes people may do things in a different way. So, for example, if you had a beneficiary, let's say I said, oh, I want Susie to have $10,000. But instead of saying it in the will, she has a paid-on-death account. And the beneficiary, it says $10,000 in it. So that way she gets the 10000 but the will says, everything equally to my three kids, Susie, Georgia, and Samantha. I don't know, whatever. And so then it makes it look like everything's equal, but the paid-on-death uh, beneficiary supersedes the will, mm. and so Susie still got her 10000 Got it. All right. So, But you got to follow the terms of the will. Uh, otherwise, you know, you're liable. Um, you know, uh, if you should – when one of the duties of the executor is after the will has been probated, you have to file an inventory of what all the assets are. And if you don't, well, then you have to amend. And when you do things later, it's actually more of a fee. You have to go back to court. Uh, now, sometimes you could do what's called an affidavit in lieu of inventory. Uh, an affidavit in lieu is if there's no debts owed. You might do an inventory. I uh, might give it to the 
beneficiaries, but you don't want the world to know what's in the estate. Mm. So if you paid off all the bills. But if you have an inventory, uh, that's one of the bad things about a will if you have quite frankly, that it would be advantageous to have a trust, is with a will, if you have an inventory, it's a matter of public knowledge. Not only is the will a matter of record, but so is the inventory. And a lot of people don't want, they want privacy, especially in these days of hackers. How many, every day, it seems like everybody gets, somebody's trying to get mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. They, it just, I don't know. I don't, don't you say you would get your emails or something, sure. or, or there's somebody's calling and right and, and just like mm-hmm. uh, it's yep. so frustrating. It is. It's so frustrating. But um, and so in a way, it's kind of an invitation. Uh, they say something that, or somebody may want to do something unscrupulous, um, as bad as it may sound. But wish it was a perfect world. But guess what? It's not. No. You know. So. Yeah. Anyway, so an inventory, if you don't have it right, then you're going to have to amend it. And I think with what you're saying, one man's trash is another man's treasure. What if somebody really values something, whereas but the, the deceased didn't care much for that picture or didn't care much for that knife set? And, and then what? How do you negotiate that? Yeah, I, I mean, that gets into, that's one of the other issues, too, is on personal property. Mm-hmm. How do you, does, do they say anything? Do I give any special treatment to the executor if they take any special treatment? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm doing all this extra work, so I'm going to just get help myself to having, I get the first choice. I get that knife set. Uh, that, and this is, a, this is one of those ones they advertised on TV. Right. And so I want that. Oh, my goodness, that's sharp. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, you shouldn't give yourself any special treatment as an executor, obviously. Uh, you are a fiduciary. And then sometimes, you know, and like when we do wills, a lot of times we do things in different ways. Either we'll say, oh, we may have a lottery system. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we say, let's say you said all to the kids equally. Um, well, you might have a lottery system or you might have some sort of way uh, that they could make choices. They say, oh, you make the first choice and then you get to make the choice. Mm-hmm. And you do and then, but what happens if things aren't equal? And then you say, well, or the executor could sell the things and then just divide things equally. Mm-hmm. So you could give some discretion to the executor to do different things. And that's part of the what you ask people when you, you uh, plan when you for your will. Right. You have to ask, how do you want those persons? A lot of times it's, you know, we talked about years ago. Uh, on the show about how time, especially when there's more than one marriage, uh, there's a lot of difficulties. Uh, when Robin Williams, the famous comedian, died, there, it said in his will, all the personal property in the home goes to personal properties like your stuff, like the furniture, your chair, your clothing. Well, in this case, um, his fourth wife and the children were in dispute. Uh, they wouldn't let her have her wedding dress that was in the home. Oh, my goodness. And they were fighting over that. Mm. So, it, you know, it's it's silly things like that. I mean, I mean it's not silly. For, it wasn't silly for his bride. Uh, and it wasn't – and obviously they didn't get along with – who didn't get along with the children. Right. Uh, so, you know, so if there, you think that there's going to be something that you want – and sometimes we do it like even a memorandum. It says, okay, I'm not going to hold you to it, but – 
if everybody gets along, I'm going to write down a memorandum so I don't have to go to the attorney every time I want to change. I don't want to change my will every time I do something. Good. So you have a memorandum that says, look, I know it's not legally binding, but this is the way I want things. Some people put stickers or something on the back of a, a personal property item saying, this goes to Johnny or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so different ways of handling and everybody, different strokes for different folks is what everybody any wants. So yeah. at least you have to know what the options are. It makes sense. Uh, four of my five buddies uh, are attorneys. I've told you that. I've got an attorney buddy in Plantation from college, an attorney buddy in Plantation, Florida. I've got an attorney buddy in Boca Raton, Florida. I've got an attorney buddy in San Diego, California. And I've got an attorney buddy in Albany, New York. Talk about the triangle. And the guy in Albany was the co-executor of his father's will. And he's an attorney. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there's a conflict of interest there, but he and his sister had to execute the will, make certain the assets were distributed properly, and he also would have to charge the estate for his time. Is it the attorney? I mean, does he do this for free? And I said to him, I said, Matty, you've got a lot of issues here. Yeah. First of all, there's a couple comments I have to make on that. Uh, in New York, and I'm not licensed in New York, okay. they have it's a lot more difficult process than it is here is in Texas. Right? Okay. Yeah, and they may have in certain states they say there's a certain certain fee, yeah. like a percentage of the estate. I, I by the way, I don't like co-executors generally. Yeah. I know that parents often say, "Oh, I don't want them to feel like they got one got more special treatment." But a lot of times it ends up being a dispute. Mm -hmm. Doesn't uh, a judge oversee that anyway to make sure there isn't a conflict? Well, you could have independent, uh, you know, usually we say, we request that uh, it's independent of court supervision. Okay. So, because that way you don't have to go back. Whereas in other states, perhaps New York, but I'm not licensed there, so I can't tell you. They do have to go back and do a lot more stuff uh, in California as well. Mm -hmm. So there are certain states where that's why a lot of people use trust in those states, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe more than they do here in Texas, Mm -hmm. because it's easier to probate a will in Texas generally than in some other states. Uh, and, And so... You know, like in some states, uh, they may say, oh, you, the executor gets 2.5%. Uh, in Texas, we say, by the way, that you could get up to 5%, but that doesn't mean it doesn't include like cash accounts, like you got a checking savings. It doesn't mean you get that. Mm-hmm. It's more like when you have to sell property or deal with businesses or deal with lawsuits, then you earn your fee. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you, you and if you don't say anything in the will, by the way, it's reasonable compensation, whatever is reasonable. But of course, I haven't found the reasonable man yet. I've been looking, at, <laughs> looking for him ever since law school. They kept on talking about this reasonable man. Right. And I can't find him. That's I don't know. Very funny. I never thought about that. Well, you're a reasonable listener, and Michael's a very reasonable um, attorney for sure. That I promise. By listening to this program, the reason you do is to make certain your plan is in place. You want it just the way you want it to be while you're alive and when you pass away. To ensure that, we need you to attend Michael's next estate planning essentials workshop. And that is Thursday, November the 3rd at 10 o'clock or. Saturday, November the 19th at 10 o'clock, if you prefer a Saturday over a Thursday. And, Michael, tell them all about the workshops. Well, we ask people what you want to know. Mm-hmm. And we never know if they're going to ask about wills, they're going to ask about trust, they're going to ask about Medicaid, they're going to ask mm-hmm. about veterans' benefits, if there's a tax issue, if there's a new law change, if there's about retirement accounts. We don't know what the questions are going to be. And so every workshop is different. We've been doing them for almost 10 years now. Mm. Uh, and it's, it's amazing how each one is different because – 
everybody has different questions on in their on their mind, mm-hmm. and so uh, so that's that's actually a lot of fun. Um, at least I enjoy it, mm-hmm. and you would I hope would enjoy it too if you do go to the free estate planning essentials workshop because you're going to see not only get your questions answered that you know without any obligation, but you're going to see the questions of others that can make you think about your own situation. You know what I, I like about these workshops? It just occurs to me now as you're talking is that the A and A and KAAM is accessible and accountable. And that's what you are. You're accessible via the workshops, face-to-face, in person, right there, pressing palms. Um, and then you're accountable based on what you said at that workshop and then the vision meeting after. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, if you go to that two-hour free estate planning essentials workshop, uh, you also get a free vision meeting uh, so, in other words, you get three free hours without any legal obligation. Thank you for mentioning that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, it's no obligation. I think you're going to learn something. You're going to have some fun along the way to go to that free estate planning essentials workshop. Uh, all you have to do is either call 214-720-0102. That's 214 or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. Again, that's Thursday, November the 3rd at 10 o'clock. Michael, we got about five minutes left. Other common mistakes executors make. Okay. Well, first of all, uh, failing to uh, provide the information to the, uh, the beneficiaries. I had somebody uh, just yesterday, he says, well, I don't want to give a copy of the will. You have to give a copy of the will. The executor has to give a copy of the will Mm -hmm. to all named beneficiaries, unless it's like less than 2,000 or something Mm -hmm. like that. And would you have to guess? I mean, do you have to hope they get it, or do they have to reply and say, I received this? You have to either send it by certified mail or have them sign a waiver, and then we file that with the court. Okay. Yeah, so um, so you have to give notice to the different uh, bene- all the beneficiaries basically. Uh, you have to all- you should also provide information. A lot of times people say, "Oh, they didn't tell me about this or that or what the assets were." And so a lot of times people get suspicious the longer you wait. You know, we talked about don't delay. The longer you wait, the more people get suspicious. And you should also communicate with people. Just be upfront. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there's a lot of times there's tension and people don't want to discuss. And so I had somebody else this week, they said, you know, they didn't go and see my, my, their parent, didn't even come to their own parents' funeral. And then I was the executor of the will. And then she complained about uh, the fact that uh, she was only getting, she's, she gets everything, but we had had a wake and uh, we had paid these other things. It was a nice party. Uh, and now she's complaining about the bill uh, that she didn't get. And she said, okay, well, the executor said, well, okay, you don't have to take the check. Right. Just, right. Exactly. <laughs> but technically, the beneficiary could demand an accounting. The beneficiary could demand an accounting. So these are the real things that happen. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, I I don't care about the money, but where is it? Right, exactly. (laughs) Trust but verify. Yeah, so so really it is a good thing to communicate uh, so that, you know, it's not unusual if, oh, my sibling who I don't get along with uh, is not telling me what's going on. And then when you don't tell people or you don't communicate – then that's when they get suspicious, and then that's where you know ends up being problems. Just like everything in life, yeah. failure to communicate is often an issue. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, another thing is confusing probate and non-probate assets. We know we talked earlier about sometimes you might have a beneficiary designation on a bank account or maybe a life insurance policy or an IRA. Uh, assuming there are beneficiary designations, that's not part of the probate estate. And by the way, even if you have property out of state, uh, you may have, it's not part of the inventory for Texas, although you may have to do what probate in another state, mm -hmm. um, which is another reason why some people have trust, by the way. Mm -hmm. When you have property out of state, that would be a, usually a reason for having a trust okay. to avoid probate in two different states. Gotcha. Well, anyway, um, so non-probate assets are different. Uh, it's maybe part of your estate for estate tax purposes, but it's not part of the probate state. So you don't usually uh, have to say, okay, if this uh, IRA says uh, it goes to my spouse or it goes to a child or whatever, that is not part of the probate estate. Now, if you didn't have a beneficiary or if you said estate on the beneficiary, then it would be part of the estate. Interesting. Yeah. Um, not collecting uh, the all the funds that are due to the state, would, uh, that would obviously be a problem. Uh, you have to have a duty to try to collect. Yeah. So your personal uh, liabilities, you should also open up an estate account. Um, you know, if you sell the, let's say you have a home, it's being sold. Well, the the it's going to be owned by the estate, and so the proceeds from the sale would be payable to the estate, which means you also need to get a tax ID number uh, for the estate. And as long as that estate is open, the the estate may have income taxes, like a different individual. And the estate income tax, there even though there may not be any estate tax, there might be an estate. Uh, the longer the estate is open, it may have to file income tax returns, just like it's in any individual. And the income tax rate on, I think, is about 13400 That which exceeds that is a 37% tax rate. Goodness. So you want to get things done quicker. You do. To, yeah. So, uh-huh. Wow. Uh, and also, you probably should not just go on what so-and-so else said. Probably should get professional advice yeah. that it's not really a good idea. Google or your next door neighbor. Yeah. Another thing is to ignore claims. Uh, remember, if you're the executor, if you get, you know, typically you'll get some credit card, uh, something from the credit card companies that they'll file a claim. Uh, we just send it to the executor and mm -hmm. leave it up to them. Sometimes we'll, there's these letters that you could do to, to kind of reduce the risk of liability if they don't act in a more prompt time, four months. Very helpful, Michael. Um, this is fascinating stuff. Common executor mistakes. You have to be aware of them, whether you are an executor, uh, you become one uh, in the future, uh, or someone uh, for which you're an executor in a state for which you're an executor passes away, you've got to be ready. Be ready by going to Michael's next workshop to ask any questions you might have regarding that topic. Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen, I thank you, sir. Thank you, Don. Leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. 
That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today. 214-720-0102.